come together, Pepper. Starting to come together. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You and some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. A sincere thank you to Lou Brown and Pepper Leach for helping out with the intro this week. My name is Mike Irons. Welcome to edition 75 of Entitled Town. Scartelli's here. Uh, Mike on Route One's here. Brother John here. And Dan is here. Scartelli, first one's for you. The division is in play, my friends. Patriots 24. Panthers 6. Lot to like. What did you like? There was a whole lot to like. This did not much feel like a game that was... Uh... That was much in doubt after after the uh, you know that uh, Sam Darnold put his uh, shoulder pads on. Yeah, I agree. Pr pretty much, pretty much. But after uh, after you know after Gilmore had that you know game changing interception that led to <laughs> half the points scored by the Panthers during that game. No bonus supplements were needed in the press box when Gilmore you know picked off that pass for sure. They thought they they thought they had their you know entire entire story written after that, but it. Uh, Different different things occurred. There was, you know, an actual uh, interception, uh, pick six, as it's called in the uh, parlance of our time, and um, it was uh, there was a lot going on there. There was a it was overshadowed by the fact that uh, well, three there were three three big things that uh, overshadowed the enjoyment of this entire uh, that uh, that pretty pretty good win. One was Olszewski getting knocked into this week. And I, I hope he's doing better. Right. And uh, two, of course, was the uh, injuries to the running backs. And uh, we all know what three is, and we'll get to that in, in good time. But, uh, hey, this is the first time the Patriots have had a winning record since September of uh, the end of September of 2020. We're in basically uncharted territory for the, uh, for the new folk, people who, have, you know, people who don't remember uh, having uh, Tom Brady under center. So uh, I, I hope they're enjoying this. This is, this is, it was a good win on the road against a team that had uniforms and everything. So we're, we're going to take it. The long suffering fans, the drought is now over. So maybe perhaps we can get some positivity in here. Dan, again, a lot to like about what happened. If, if that game was on Fox, Fox would have worn out their somber music going to commercial because the Patriots were so goddamn physical. There was always stopping the game for Carolina guys limp off the field, but they're a physical football team. They're playing good defense. You know, if the offense can clean things up, you know, I don't want to say what the ceiling is, but the future looks bright. And what'd you like about the winning Carolina? Just what you said, that physical nature, uh, a repeat from what we were saying last week, we're starting to see both lines uh, really dominate uh, the 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 offensive line opening up like where they have like 151 yards rushing, and and then defensively they've cleaned up all those uh, those rushing defense issues that they had at the beginning of the year. I think uh, Carolina had like 68 something like that yards on the ground after doing something like double that a week ago. They have an idea. The, the identity is is emerging. 
one of the things I loved about the game, besides the physical nature of the wind, John, is that Christian Barmore, God damn it, he's emerging in his rookie year the way Richard Seymour emerged in 2001. There are a lot of parallels to 2001 for simpletons like me, but what'd you like about the win in Carolina? Go ahead, John. Well, I mean, as the guys are already saying, it's the balance, uh, the fact that, you know, Jones threw the ball 18 times. They ran it 39 times based on the final stats. Thoughts and prayers to anybody that had Christian McCaffrey in their starting lineup in fantasy last week. Uh, you know, the, the numbers he is capable of putting up, we've seen him put up, you know, week after week when he's been healthy, he wasn't able to do uh, much of anything against this Patriots defense. It is, it is just... You know, they continue to get better week after week. They're playing Bill Belichick brand football. And uh, it, the, the methodical nature of wearing a team down and, and kind of putting the game away in the second half, it's just, it's fun to watch it. I listened to Lombardi's GM Shuffle podcast today, Mike, on Route 1. Um, the physical nature of the game is definitely, you know, it's a finesse league by and large. You know, Mahomes, the immaculate incompletions, that's kind of stuff of the world. But a lot to like, again, in Carolina. Say a lot to like more. Jesus. Um, what, what'd you like, Mike? Uh, you know, we're at, we're, at two, uh, we're at two major league references so far. So I, I think I'll The over-under is four and a half. Go ahead. Yeah. In, in case you haven't noticed, and judging by uh, Twitter, you haven't. The, the Paters have managed to <laughs> win a few here and there and are threatening to climb out of second place. Uh, you know, I think the touchstone has, has been 0-1, and I've certainly gone to that well uh, several times this year. Um, but after Sunday, I found myself thinking a bit about 0-3, if only because of thinking of Bill's, my good friend Bill's words um, about 0-3, uh, saying, you know, we can't, we can't run it, we can't kick it, um, given the issues they had, certainly in, in the punting situation that year with the uh, the Brooks Barnard experiment and, and the Walter injuries and things like that, they couldn't kick it and they couldn't run it. Um, and, and certainly they couldn't hold it in, in, in the playoffs either, uh, the kicking. So um, I'm going back to that, though, and thinking that team was a plus-plus defense. So yes. they, they could cover up for a lot of things and the evolving uh, a passing game that was coming on and, and a running game that was was not what it maybe had been. Uh, you know, Smith was doing his 3.4 yards to carry thing. But uh, I, I'm seeing similarities in so much as the physicality defensively. And um, I think there's bigger upside as the year goes on in, in the passing game. Um, you know, I don't know if their ceiling is, is that defense just because there were more veteran guys that were pl at closer to their peak. Um, Potential you know, maybe, Hall of Famers, Andy Hall of Famer. Yeah, may maybe Hightower is, is, you know, on the 12th hole at this point, and that's fine. Um, but uh, I, I, I like the similarities there, and that's kind of where I'm, where I'm going with this team. J.C. Jackson's a stud. I mean, confirmed J.C. Jackson's a stud. I want to give a Ted Nation round of applause to Adrian Phillips, who Adrian Phillips played out of position last year. He was basically playing a linebacker because they didn't have, they didn't have a lot of talent in that side of the ball last year. We've been over that. It was a rebuilding year. Uh, Bill acknowledged that. The medias didn't. But Bill acknowledge it. Uh, the next subject I want to go to, and I actually have the CBS audio for this. Mac Jones is wicked, brutal, step over toehold, and visiting hours for Brian Burns at Bank of America Stadium will be two to four and seven to nine because judging by the reaction of the national media 
and the CBS broadcast. Evidently, he's dead. Here's the audio from CBS. Hook, hook, hook. What is oh he doing? Oh, my God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. He is the third man. Look at this. this picture. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Thoughts and prayers to the CBS crew. Um, John, I mean, who knew that Mac Jones was basically Aaron Hernandez uh, under center? <laughs> I can't get over it. I cannot get over <laughs> the the national media see, uh, you know, that that is trying to make this into this big deal. I mean, look, I'm old enough to remember a week ago when Brady was getting hammered for not doing enough to to tackle a guy after throwing an interception, right? So here's Mac Jones getting leveled in the pocket, right? I mean, I, I you know, I mean, it's not even worth really overthinking this, but the guy gets hit extremely hard. And to, to think that he knows exactly where the ball is or kind of it's what's not going happening on in slow motion for Christ's sake. Well, I mean, like, I can't even imagine getting hit like that, right? So, so he gets hit like that. And then, you know, he, he just instinctively, to his credit, is trying to make a play to prevent Burns from getting the ball. I mean, there's probably two things he realizes. One, he's still alive. And number two, he doesn't have the football. So he, he reaches for Burns to kind of make a play. And I'm sorry, the idea that Mac Jones, the, who, who last night, you know, is, is noodle armed and kind of frail and has the Tom Brady draft combine body, right, is able to ragdoll Brian Burns and throw him around like he's, you know, uh, Bret Hart pulling a sharpshooter on somebody. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. There's, there's absolutely no logic to this. And then his teammates are crying afterwards right? Yet everybody on this, on this pod, anybody listening to this knows the guy played over 50 snaps in the game after that yes, play, yes. right? He blew up Damian Harris in the backfield in, what was that, in the fourth quarter of the game, right? Him out of the so, game. so it's like, come on, this is, this is the biggest non-story that we will have to deal with until next Sunday. This is, with all the wrestling references, Jimmy Stewart's going to probably favorite this one and, and bless <laughs> cats tonight. Scart uh, by the way, Scartelli put Brooks Bernard on the Entitled Town bingo card, as Mike on Route 1 said earlier. Scartelli, um, manslaughter or murder one for Mac Jones? This feels like uh, when the, uh, was it the, I'm not sure if it was the Leafs or the Canadians who wanted to have some Bruins player, you know, indicted for, uh, <laughs> for a Canadians, hit on the those, ice. Those ninnies in, up in the Bell Center, yeah. But, but well, yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, I'm just glad we finally got our, our spiritual successor to Rodney Harrison. Amen. Back on the <laughs> That's team. That's a great point. That's well, a great and, point. And don't, Patriots legend James Harrison as well. I mean, the, the Patriots have a, a way of of getting these guys who are, you know, known known, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, black hat wearing guys. He's and, only uh, Patriots legend James Harrison if he commits a felony, John. That, yeah, those yeah, are the fair rules. Enough. Fair enough. Um, Okay, yes. so Mac is an honorary Harrison, you know, twice can, over. Can, uh, Albert Breers can confirm. Uh, Mike, uh, with apologies to the late Jack Tatum, Mac Jones is now the assassin. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, uh, again, to paraphrase another good friend of mine, uh, the late General Douglas MacArthur, you know, <laughs> it, it's the, the laundry, the laundry, and the laundry is what this is about. 
from the media and the fans. Yes. yes. Uh, shouldn't be surprising, but you know, going back to our, our conversation uh, last week, you, you, the, you know, it's a good win when, um, you know, it's a good win when, when, when the Patriots are dirty, when they're running it up and, and this is you know, the dirty one, um, you know, it, it all comes back to bill by proxy. Everything is, is bill by proxy. And we see it even more starkly now with, with Brady being in Tampa and, no one caring about his anything about him anymore. So, um, but on a scale of, of one to ten of risk of injury, what would you give that? I, I maybe is it a two? Uh, I certainly, you know, pre-pandemic, I did, I did five worse things than that, playing pickup basketball um, on a on a weekly basis. I just, I, I can, I can believe it, um, unfortunately. But um, at the same time, it, it feels good to be back in, in, in the wars again. And that's, uh, that's where here we are. And that's, it's, it's what it's about. It, it's about um, taking down anything the Patriots do and overreacting to anything the Patriots do. But I just can't imagine, even if, if Peyton Manning did that, I'd laugh at it for the, for the laughs. Yeah, I agree. But I couldn't even muster the, the energy to pretend to be uh, offended by it or, or think that was a violent play and, and having watched football for you know 30 38 years well oh, you can I, say I, that but he hit that line back with an international object <laughs> <laughs> i did like i did like your tweet mike uh you quote tweeted some ninny uh, watch less football nana which actually had me laughing cool. out loud here um dan um before i throw it to you i want to acknowledge it any day where i can hear tony shivani bobby heenan and dusty Rhodes is a good day but uh, your thoughts on Mac Jones is uh, manslaughter. I think manslaughter is probably the right call. Maybe I, I a plea think, down. Maybe a plea down. Uh, I think Mac took it a little bit too far when he brought the folding chair in. That was like the bridge too far. <laughs> Very well, well done. But was there any uh, national outrage last night when T.J. Watt did the same thing to Justin Fields? Crickets. Oh, we'll yeah. get to Justin Fields in a minute. Don't worry about that. It's it. Mike is right. It it is. It, Bill by proxy should be like a hashtag that, that we use moving forward with all this stuff. It really is that transparent. Um, Mike, this one's for you. Um, DJ Bean. Um, I believe that I don't even, he's from the NBCS Boston AIDS division. DJ Bean tweeted last night because the last thing he fucking saw Justin Fields jiving and shaking somebody never mind he's completing 50 percent of his passes in the goddamn year and the bears are in the toilet dj bean tweets in a very passive aggressive manner love electric performances from rookie quarterbacks would love to see one from the patriots someday mike uh we both hold dj bean in serious contempt but the floor is yours yeah um dj should probably stick to playing DJ, DJ Bean should stick to playing the hits, um, you know, whatever iteration of, of Vineyard Nights he pleases and, and, and step away from the football because, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be surprising. Um, I sense there's a little bit of performative acting on the part of DJ um, in several areas, but specifically around, you know, that, that felt a little like, like generally I, I go with their stupid people. Um, as opposed to actively trolling, I think Ben Bolin is, is legitimately a dumb person and it's not, you know, it, it's very large percentage of stupidity as opposed to trolling. That and felt confirmed. a little trollish, but I, d I do think that is what these people want. They want um, a guy running around with it, like a chicken with his head cut off. 
um, you know, because the play is broken down and there's some low percentage um, completion that he makes or a, a play he makes with his feet on a broken down play. And that, that's just, that's what they like. It's, it's, it's more exciting to them. They can't handle the fact that they're, you know, driving their, the proverbial dinks into the dirt for 160 yards. That's not interesting. That's not how you win a game on the road. Um, it's, it's the, um, you know, trailing, trailing the entire game, you know, it's it just, the Patriots are in, in, and they have been historically in a, in a, a place where they they play less high leverage situations. Um, and, and, you know, this season, obviously they've been, it's games have been a lot more competitive. They, they historically have, there's no you know 10 point per game uh, margin of victory. Um, but the, the, it's, it's, so it's a bit different now, but still you have to play the game um, that best suits you. They, they, they don't want to play it in a way that is, yeah. um, you know, that, that they want the most aesthetically pleasing way. And, and they just, they're not getting that. So they, they can't handle it. So that's it. You know, I, I, I have to admit, Mike, I really don't like how dismissive you were of the, the Vineyard Nights album. I thought that his cover of Careless Whisper was absolute money. John, would you say that Andrew Ridgely or DJ Bean is the Andrew Ridgely of the Boston oh, sports media? Jeez. Like, at least Andrew Ridgely was on the cover of some albums. I mean, come on. I think that's a, he's got a long way to go to be Andrew Ridgely. But... Well, if Felger's Taint is ever on the NBCS Boston <laughs> album, DJ Bean will be there. You know, I want to get to, I want to go to Mike's comment, though, about the, the, you know, the, Look, does anybody remember an electrifying play in the seven-minute drive in the fourth quarter against the Chargers last week? No. That's a great point. Was great point. No, no electrifying plays in a seven-minute close-out-a-game drive to put you up by 10 points. Seven minutes, right, against a, a good defense, good team. Uh, had to have it. Multiple third-down conversions. I can't remember any of them, right? I mean, I just know there was a bunch of them. None of them were electrifying. And... Ho-hum, 10-point lead, you know, Chargers score a garbage touchdown and, and you win by three. Whereas I do remember, because I just saw it last night, that electrifying throw fields made down the, the right sideline to Mooney. By the way, it was available in the fifth round when the Patriots took a kicker, fire Belichick. So just, you know, put that one in, 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 in you know, the back of your mind. But, you know, it's exactly what Mike said. People want to see the chicken with the head cut off they want to see the offense they run in Madden, right? They don't want to see uh, the, the Mac Jones Patriots winning football offense. They want to see the, the, the scrambling and the excitement and the, you know, the, the plays they can buy NFT, you know, non-fungible tokens for, right? NFTs. You know, there's no NFTs coming out of that seven-minute drive against the Chargers. But maybe Justin Fields will give Breer a couple NFTs he can buy. That would be nice. Well played, my friend. Well played. Scartsy. One question for you. What happens if DJ Bean gets caught between the moon and New York City? That's a, that's a crazy question, but it's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I put DJ. that on a tee for you and you just hit it 300 down the middle of the fairway. Well done. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. But, but BJ Bean, he's just uh, that neglected <laughs> middle child. Jumping up and down on the diving board saying, look, mommy, look, mommy, look at me, look at me, look, mommy, look at me. <laughs> We're crying out loud. It's just ridiculous. And, you know, I've, I've got to give a, uh, 
uh, a stick tap to old friend Pat 67 for calling him a low rent Pablo Cruz. <laughs> and that you, you, you don't, you don't recover from that in, uh, in, in less than a week's time. It's like being on the concussion protocol. Get him a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's a big Cobra Kai guy. So anyway, that's uh, uh, Dan's above this stuff and he's rolling his <laughs> eyes. This rightfully so, but Dan, would would you do you want to do a Scartelli esque pass on this subject, or, or what do you want to do? I don't know if you even recover from being called a high rent Pablo Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, this he, been mic drop moments already. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. He, uh, I I don't get how there's such a dismissal of the Jets game. I mean, how many how many points do you have to beat the Jets by for that to be considered a quality win? All of them. By the way, the newest media darling, Tennessee, lost to the Jets in the Meadowlands, just for the record, right? I mean, it was a, to, to borrow a phrase from the execrable California Bill, it was a really wonky week. Buffalo goes down and scores six points in Jacksonville. Dallas gets their dicks handed to them at home by Denver. The despicable Broncos. You guys all know how I feel about the goddamn Broncos. Um, John, I'm going to... This is yours. We've talked about this. We wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Analytics in football. Um, Lazar, Evan Lazar, he was on the podcast, whatever. Um, there's a, rather than, so the Patriots are fourth in scoring defense in the NFL. Real points. We're not talking EPA, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. But, you know, Evan Lazar tweets this out about Mac Jones's ranks through week nine out of 33 quarterbacks, total QBR 21st, total EPA 15th, DVOA 21st, CPOE, which I think might have something to do with COVID is 10th, <laughs> air yards 24th, and the fucking PFF grade, I hate that this is the best one, he's ninth. But yeah, analytics in football, you know, I think in baseball, it's a one-on-one -on -one sport, Largely on offense, it's the pitcher against the batter and the catchers involved, but it's there's 22 people on a field and not all those guys. I mean, there's so many variables in football mm -hmm. and matchups and that sort of thing. I, go ahead. What We've talked about this privately. The analytics thing gone wild is absolutely drives me crazy. Now get off my lawn. Yeah, it's, it's increasingly, I think, breaking the brains of fans, including Patriots fans, you know, and the, you rattled off the, the Mac Jones stats and they're, you know, they're kind of largely in the middle of the pack, right, out of, you know, 32, 33 quarterbacks, however many are scored in this stuff. And, you know, the fact that he ranks 24th in air yards, I mean, people are just making That's not up. a stat. It's, they're just making up stats, right? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know how many air yard how many air yards is good right i mean what who ranks in the top five in air yards and you know are they winning games or losing games is that you know certain stats historically have trended to you know to kind of be directly relational to winning like time of possession you know back when when we were younger time of possession was like the singular stat you know i'm a big time of possession guy denver yeah, had the ball by the way denver had the ball in dallas 42 minutes this past yeah. sunday and, and, you know, Belichick said today, and Reese, Mike Reese, you know, the, the patron saint writer of this podcast, potentially, you know, had, had Belichick saying every game is its own game, right? So you have this, this kind of weird stat aggregator kind of group of people. And then, and then the, the, the people on Twitter who kind of adhere to their, their philosophies, you know, getting worked up over 
you know, whether Mac is 24th in air yards and as if that has some sort of significance. The other one that really drives me crazy is the, the kind of the, the weirdos on whether or not you should punt on fourth and short and how that affects win probability. Yes. I mean, like, I mean, when, first of all, win probability isn't a thing either. Right. You know, games, games start and the Patriots probably had a, based on the spread and whatnot, you know, the Patriots had a certain win probability when there was 15 minutes left in the first quarter. Right. No, I mean, that, that's not a real thing that, that that's, that's not real. So the idea that in their first possession, they punt from their own 45 on fourth and one that affects their win probability. Like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anything. In a field in, position the, game, right? I mean, it, it doesn't and, take and, that into account. So, so, so then like, you know, the idea that, okay, maybe across the, the entire universe of games, that there's some sort of metric in the background here that, that's in play. What does that metric have to do with the fact that the Patriots are facing Sam Darnold, right? What does it have to do with the fact that the only way the Panthers are going to win this game is the Patriots go out and lose it? You know, did the Patriots go out and lose it by punting on fourth and one from their own 45 in the fourth quarter? You know, or, or, or you know, do you, do you play a field position game with the Panthers and wait for Sam Darnold to do Sam Darnold things? I mean, that's, that's what Bill Belichick does, right? That's what Bill Belichick is playing the game within the game. They, their game plans are tailored to their opponent week after week. So what on earth does last week's game plan have to do with what they're going to do against the Browns. A thousand percent. It's indicative of nothing. It is indicative of nothing. So you have these guys looking at aggregated stats on fourth and ones and air yards and the like. And it's like Mac Jones is going to be playing a very different game week to week, depending on the opponent. And there are games he may have to, you may go for on fourth and one from your own 45 against a really good offense and against a, a weaker offense you know, you're not. I yeah, mean, the I only just, the only way that the Panthers are putting the ball in the end zone, as you said, is if the Patriots gave it to them, blocked yeah. punt, you know, just pick six, whatever it was. So, um, Dan, uh, riff on what John just said. John's uh, going on. I always have a problem with um, trying to apply some of these advanced metrics in football, just because the the complementary nature of the game diminishes the relevance overall. I, I remember yes. seeing actually very often you'll see something where the top offense might also have a very high ranked defense, but how much of the time is the, is the defense having to defend a, a, a two score lead type of thing. So that adds to their stats. So it, it, it loses relevance completely. You know, we saw in years past during the, you know, the two Super Bowl eras that we had the yards against yards are fucking useless. The Giants in Super Bowl, the Super Bowl 25 against Buffalo. I mean, Belichick's on record, Mike. You know, let Thurman Thomas run all the fuck they want. You know, they're going to score points by throwing the football. We're going to have eight, nine defensive backs on the field. But what are you feeling on the the usefulness of analytics in football, Mike? Um, Well, you know, I've been accused oftentimes and and certainly within within the last year i've been told by <clears throat> by a fellow uh old board member uh, to stop humping my excel sheet when when talking about basketball which is <laughs> respectfully laughable because you know it, it and i find i find them to be useful more useful in basketball certainly but in football um i find as a shorthand uh you know dvoa i think is a nice shorthand okay a are, tool. Uh, it's, it's a tool 
is this team terrible at this or are they mediocre at this or are they decent at that? But again, it, it's all going to come back down to, I think, looking at it from a granular standpoint and, and, and how complementary things are. And I think, um, you know, as an example, uh, to, to John's point, uh, you know, it, it's, it's how many situations have there actually been league wide where we can analyze this situation? How many times were there, was there a 28 to three deficit in the NFL yep. at X point in the game with the greatest, you know, uh, coach and quarterback of all time. So you have to factor that in was, were the Patriots odds of, of winning down 28 to three, um 99 would they win one time out of 100 no i did i i think they win 30 30 percent of the time I, I i just do they were a better team they played shitty and like bill bill said uh you know they were controlling that game yes they, they, were. Yes. they certainly were so i think and then you look at situations like a a fourth and two in, in indianapolis where uh it was vilified it was it was the right call based on the numbers it was the right fourth down call uh let's ignore the fact that kevin Fox he got it get, he had the line to gain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but also, if you look at it situationally, they weren't going to stop at that point. They weren't going to stop Peyton. So it was the right call situationally right. and numerically, but he still got killed for it. So again, let's get back to the laundry. So uh, yeah, all the things that, that you guys have said so far, I think I'm, I'm on board with. Um, and it is, it's a useful thing to say, what, what should we do? I think based on the eye test, the interesting thing that I've found, uh, I think based on the eye test within the last, say from 2012 or so, 2011, 2012, is that I think Bill has kind of gone to the, the market inefficiency is almost the um, going, going against the numbers um, because yeah. everybody has trended a bit more toward that um you know it like as in baseball you see like what's what's the advantage now right uh, uh because yeah, money ball is about inefficiencies it's not about on base percentage yeah yeah so i i think i think so i i think there is a conversation to be had uh you know is bill kind of more coaching uh making coaching decisions based on um his feeling in, in the moment it, it it feels with a z that way to me um over the last i think five years perhaps um, but, uh, it's it, the, the, the younger people that have, have, you know, it's like the, uh, what is the, what is it that he says, uh, the, the, um, the guy, the, uh, the music man there, um, says on the Simpsons, uh, with the, the Phil Hartman voice, it's a, like a mule with a spinning wheel. <laughs> Lionel Hutz. Yeah, Lionel Hutz. Yeah, he doesn't no idea where he, where he got it. Yeah. And Dan, he knows what to do with it. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I feel like these, these young folks are, are doing with these numbers. You know, Mike, you know. It gives me, go it, ahead, John. It, I was going to say, just the, the converse of that and, and everything Mike's saying, you know, it, it's like the converse of that, and I texted you when it happened, the Andy Reid going for it in a very similar situation uh, with the Chiefs against the Packers this weekend, fourth and short from his own side of the field against the miserably awful Jordan Love-led Packers offense. What the fucking points and, on the board, for Christ's and, sake? And, and I'm Pile the myself, points. The, the only way Jordan Love is going to move the ball is with an extremely short field. And you've still got, you know, Pat Mahomes. You don't have to be chasing, you know, a first down here in your own territory early in the game. You know, punt the ball, play defense, have Jordan Love make mistakes. And Andy Reid goes for it, but doesn't get it. 
Packers get the ball in Chiefs territory, and of course Jordan yeah. Love can't do anything with it, and they they end up missing a field goal. But you know that game, the, the Crosby missed what two field goals in that game. That game, that game, Packers should have won that game. Pack, with, Mahomes with, is back, John. Mahomes is yeah, back. Did Mahomes you get the memo? Back, I mean, with with any sort of competence at the at the quarterback position, the Packers win that game. And Andy Reid's out there giving it to him because, to, to Mike's point, the market inefficiency is looking at the stats and and humping the stats as opposed to playing the team that you're playing on the field, knowing that Jordan Love is not moving the ball up and down the field against you. Kick the ball, play defense and make them make mistakes. I agree. And on a, a personal note, for those of you who are old board people, Mike on Route 1 and I had some Brooks back in the day arguing shit. The fact that he used my phrase eye test in a positive way brings me great pleasure. Scartelli, um, I think the all-time anti-analytics moment was Super Bowl 49, when Belichick did not call timeout. He saw... Disarray on the Seahawks sideline. Imagine a Pete Carroll team being disheveled and, and unprepared, but that's neither here nor there. But Scartelli, analytics and football, what say you? It, it has a it it obviously has a place. But like you say, talking about the uh Super Bowl 49 there, it was you knew something good was going to happen by the fact that he wasn't calling the timeout, that there was, you know, yeah, I got there it. was yeah, you know, wheels it. within wheels going. And but uh, so there's some things. This uh, this Twitter fourth down bot, no one cared about until it could be used as a cudgel or a bludgeon or a bludgeon against Belichick over the past uh, month. When oh no, he's not. He should be going for it on every fourth down. No, he shouldn't. And for that matter, air yards are the uh, statistical equivalent of how long it takes little Jerry to run from Jerry's apartment <laughs> to Newman's apartment. Is that good? I don't know. By the way, Scarzi, I get another Ted Nation round of applause. That was almost the Jerry Callahan whiny voice there. I really, really, really like that. I, um, I'm a man of you know many talents. A multimedia threat, Scartelli. Um, should we do some listener emails? Do we have any listener emails? Well, Scartelli, who do you think sent the first one? We have four, by the way. Veteran entitled town emailer Vinny Jace apologizes for the multiple questions. Vinny, don't apologize. You're, you're screaming into a well. We need help. Please, thank you. Uh, Vinny apologizes for the multiple questions. He really likes the show. Bad judgment, rounders. Uh, and he appreciates us always taking his questions. I will throw this one at Mike because I think this is, this is great and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Why do the Browns, why are the Browns better without Beckham? Um, I, I don't know that the Browns are better without Beckham, but, um, certain teams are, certain teams benefit from not having a personality like that in, in their locker room. And I don't know that they can handle, I don't, I don't think they're better. I just think they won. I think that's, uh, Vinny, you're, you're going, you're, you're, you're looking at a small sample size here, but I do, I do think they are, they probably, they probably have no use for Odell Beckham because I don't think they have the infrastructure to be able to manage a guy like Beckham. I think the Patriots could have a use for Beckham. Um, so are you yes or no? Would you be okay with it? Oh, uh, sure. I, 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 I would be fine with it because I, I'm always up for acquiring good players at no risk. And I think he is a good player. I think he's, 
Are, are we sure? He is what really? he is. What's that? Are we sure he's good anymore? It's not 2015. He, he's. Uh, I. I. I think he's. He is a, a. 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 Good NFL receiver, and if that's average, I think you can always do well with average. Um, with average players, and I think they can handle. I think they can. I think they can handle a guy like that. So I. I, I would be fine with it. It's. It's. It's no risk. Yeah. Um, it's not going to. I. I don't. You know. I like the guys they have at receiver. I think they can win. I think the, I'll, I'll, I will. I will say the word. I think they can win the Super Bowl. The guys they have at receiver, um, but I, I like. I'm always. I'm the thing that always makes me nervous. If anything does, is is depth and injuries. And I just. I like having um, NFL quality rotation guys um, in in on the team. So the, I, I would be fine with it. I, I think. Your I think point, he, he's an average player, and he could he he could be better than that in the right situation. Well, your 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 point about depth is valid, considering what's happening now with the running back situation. They're going into this weekend with potentially Stevenson and Harris hurt, and Sony Michelle's in Los Angeles. Dan, um, go ahead. I mean, our Beckham. We spoiler alert. Dan and I had a little debate. Uh, we disagreed on this earlier. I am kind of anti. I don't want to say anti Beckham because if you can add him in a Hainsworth scenario where you're not paying anything there's nothing guaranteed you know better to bring him in than not and be able to cut ties without any penalty but go ahead Dan your thoughts on Beckham you know this is sort of an in, in bill we trust kind of thing but that's the way I thousand feel. Percent, if, thousand if he percent. does bring him in then I have faith that there is something left I was just noting on Twitter that uh, a source told Jeff how that Beckham's camp has been in touch with the Patriots oh well uh, it, it's not Matthew Fairburn, so I'm inclined to give it some credence. John, your thoughts on Beckham? Well, Dan and I are wearing the same uh, Belichick footy pajamas because that's exactly how I feel about it. It is in Bill we trust. I mean, he's he's done this repeatedly, bringing in, you know, quote unquote, head case after head case, you know, from Corey Dillon and, you know, all the way through. Sometimes it works out. Dillon and Moss and, and many others. Sometimes it doesn't. Albert Hainsworth. Oh, and you know, they, they, they bring him in because he passed through waivers. They bring him in on a veterans minimum. Um, if it doesn't work out, they can cut bait with them, you know, right away. Uh, if there's any sorts of problems and um, it, it's a no risk flyer, he's expressed an interest in playing with Belichick and being part of the system. And can he, can he rebuild his value in the, in the spotlight of new England? Absolutely. This is, I'm talking myself into this, listening to you guys, and man, I, I hate you all for it. Scartelli, you want to bring me back to, um, you know, be my fellow curmudgeon or, or just prove me wrong. Go ahead, Scartelli. On the one hand, it's a distressed asset and, you know. We're all we about all those. That, we all know that Belichick can work wonders with those most of the time. On the second, on the other hand, though, the most overrated one-handed catch in NFL history. Perhaps. They lost the fucking game. <laughs> exactly. They lost the fucking game. Um, I mean, that that's like the perfect metaphor for everything that's happened in New York sports since the Yankees won the World Series uh, roughly 15, uh, 13 years ago. Uh, Vinny also asks why Mac dropped the 15. What a shit show in San Francisco. My God. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, the national media is now asking the questions that we've asked about Kyle Shanahan. The Super Bowl year was the outlier. And the thing is, and I'm not going to go off for, for too much on this, but the, uh, the McVeighs, the Kyle Shanahan's, the Cliff Kingsbury's, and Kingsbury's having a great year with Arizona. 
they're so friendly with the media. There's never to be heard a discouraging word about this young crop of coaches because they're savvy with the media. They play that game and they're more concerned with that than certainly Bill Belichick is. Um, so Vinny, thank you for the email. Vinny has another email, uh, but in between we have four total. So there'll be three more. Uh, old friend, another old friend from the board, Norwood Zip, sends an email to me. And it's not asking a question. It's more of a, uh, an Albert Breer-esque, shallow, very obvious observation. Uh, nice to hear Greg Bedard grabbing some money reading fat boy weight loss ads on his podcast. Perhaps he can reduce his Splenda input and feel better about himself. By the way, rest in peace, Nick Cattles. Uh, maybe we can pitch in. Nice shot at Dale Arnold here. Maybe we can pitch in and buy in some binder clips for his sport coats. And he remains a bitter and broken man. Uh, Vinny, Vinny's last question. Well, go ahead, let me go just ahead, say Tom. that his Barmore comments are oh, the albatross wow. that will replace the Gronk albatross. I mean, they're going to be with him for a while. And that's a rough look. Our buddy Fletch, at my request, made a Mount Takes More of bad Bedard takes. And I think the Barmore thing is, is, is primed to be the fifth face on Mount Takes More for the bad Bedard shit. Um, Vinny's last question. I, Mike, I texted or DM'd you this, giving you a heads up on this because you and I, I feel like Herb Brooks in Miracle. This is your moment. This is our moment. Maybe they win 99 times, but not here, not tonight. Vinny asks us, and he hates to bother. Was Vinny the only one who blew a gasket when hearing California Bill Simmons complained that the Patriots didn't know how to use Corderell Parison? Now, he didn't complain about that. What he did was he say, how come no one has ever used Corderell Patterson in this way? Paraphrasing. Watch less Patriots football, California Bill. Greenwich Bill. It really... It, just proves the point that I'm a mental defective because this bothers me so much. He is the national face and voice. He has the number one podcast in America and we're coming for you, asshole. Mike, California Bill is the fucking worst. He knows nothing and comes off, you know, him and Nick Cattles are the experts on everything. And he, he's got eight figures in the bank and I'm doing the Claven shake thinking about that. I'm going to mute myself because I need to compose myself. Simmons knows nothing and continues to prove it every fucking podcast he talks about the Patriots. Yeah, uh, and if you're Herbie, that means I'm I'm known recluse uh, Michael Ruzioni. So so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, you know how I feel about about Simmons, and I I don't get the um, I don't get the day to day week-to-week -week, uh, sports takes from him as much anymore is just because I kind of don't care about what he has to say about the NFL unless it's, it, it's explicitly about the uh, about the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, I did listen to the Wickersham podcast and he was just you know, wrong about everything. everything. Um, did, didn't bother to correct Wickersham about saying when they, the, he said they, Wickersham said they drafted Gronk and Hernandez after losing to the Jets in the divisional. Of course, that, that wasn't the case. They're both on the um, team. Yeah, he just uh, it, it's those things, and of course the the, the famous one is is Dennis Johnson. Um, you know, oh, the, the reverse layer. The the person who has crafted his his persona uh, 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 
around his fandom of Larry Bird, not knowing the details of the signature play of Larry Bird's career. You know, DJ was at half court. Well, no, he was at the 28 foot hash extended at the top of the key when, when Bird stole the ball and he cut. And of course, then calling a, um, a, a, um, a layup with his right hand on the left side, what it was. A reverse layup. <laughs> a, a, backhand, a, reverse a backhand layup, layup on, on, on the weak side. Uh, a reverse layup, yes. Um, so it's really par for the course. And I, it just, it's just weird to me that his brain functions that way. It's very, it, it's, it's like a Saturday Night Live character almost. It's <laughs> Mr. You know, doesn't remember the details. What it, it's just, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because he's a guy who clearly like he, he devotes time to these things and watches a lot of things but just doesn't remember a lot of details. And, you know, I, I get more worked up these days about the, uh, the rewatchables podcast because it's similar and it's just, it, everything is just wrong somehow. And there's something, there's always a kernel of wrong in everything he says, but it doesn't uh, watch, we're basically a year away from Bill saying that Danny bit tree. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, you know, the thing about the, the rewatchables and we're, we're debating about doing a rip, a complete ripoff of the rewatchables. We're going to call it the unlistenables and break down some of the movies that are near to our hearts. John, John and I have actually in the past in our private conversations, and I'm not going to pull up a lot of stuff behind the fourth wall. We kind of begrudgingly give him credit. You know, he's a rich kid. His dad bankrolled him. By the way, Mike, the fact that he never tended bar in Charlestown. I mean, you know, we all kind of agree on that. He calls it fucking Re Chucktown. Rear, Ad Rear Admiral, Rear Admiral claims it was true. I, I have that on authority, and I, I, I don't. I'll have to ask what the the bar was, but I believe there may have been a moment in time where he was. But the ch Chucktown. The, this is this is a complete. This is a whole different podcast. But I, yes, I, I could do I could do thirty minutes on, on Bill's phony uh, Greenwich Porsche driving. Um, when you go when you go to when you go to JFK's uh, um, prep school, you really kind of lose that that privilege there. Our buddy Bootsy would say he's certainly working class. Uh, John, our, our our thoughts on Simmons is like you know God God damn it you know he's successful at one time. We all read him pre you know having the shit in your phones. We all printed out a shit and we read it on the shitter on a Friday afternoon while we're running the clock out at work. But John, your thoughts on? Uh, Simmons and I'm going to th go throw up in my mouth while I mute myself. Well, it's, you know, I don't know the background on his, his personal life the way Mike Unruh one does, but I, I've always had that begrudging respect for he found a niche in a vacuum and he, he kind of exploited that niche and he's, he's built a media, you know, significant media um, empire, if you will, around that. Um, but don't, he's please vouch for him. Please vouch for him. No, no vouch, no vouch. Okay. Very clear on this. No vouch. Um, I can I can begrudgingly respect his origin story while lament the fact that when you live on the West Coast and he's the the Boston sports guy, you know, people view him as the Boston sports guy. So you're doing a lot of like deflecting of no, he's he's wrong. I mean, no, he doesn't really follow the teams anymore. No, he's more national than he is Boston. I mean, you know, he enjoyed his stuff when when Manny signed with the Red Sox and the, the anti Clemens stuff. And, you know, the, the old stuff from digital cities was, was good, decent, edgy stuff. And, you know, he's like when using another Simpsons reference, Mike on route one, it's like when Krusty, you know, went, went to do his comedy shows, right. You know, and he's, he's got his hair different. He's smoking on stage, but, but the Canyon arrow guys came and they threw a pile of cash at Simmons 
And now he's doing Canyon Arrow ads for the rest of his life, making Spotify. money hand over fist. Spotify, yeah. You know, it's 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 one of those things. It's man, I just you know, Dan, Dan, put a bow in this for me because I'm I'm gonna go sob into my hat when I'm done here. Oh gosh, I don't have anything more to add to Simmons. His his uh, his memory is on the moon with the dudes. That's <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, well, what you will. A, a, a lot of rejection from him. He just he all the things that are true of him. It's it, it's he's projecting on and everybody. Well, everybody forgets this. He's the only one that's forgetting it. <laughs> Go he ahead, did refound Las Vegas. I will now set myself on fire. <laughs> and next, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, final thoughts. I'm going to go um, kind of clockwise, starting with uh, Dan. Go ahead, Dan, your final thoughts. Sorry, I was muted for a second. Uh, you know, a week ago, uh, we were thinking about Heaven Rogers as a, as a uh, topic, and we held off on that. And we thought that was probably in good, good reason, because we, we would get to see what would happen over the course of the week. And sure enough, after, after everything that's, that's transpired, uh, the the most that we're hearing about penalties for Rodgers is oh well they'll probably be fine but there there won't be any suspensions but watching Aaron Rodgers uh, I, probably there's been enough said you should read what I think it was Kareem Abdul Jabbar wrote about him yes. and the the lies but he, ultimately he's he was just a coward he's just too afraid that somebody won't like him and and you can understand people not wanting to alienate their fan base. Uh, Brady did that when, when the MAGA hat was, was hanging in his locker mm -hmm. and he was like, just tried to didn't know what was going to happen. But Rod Rogers took it further because he just outright lied uh, and, and tried to look good on both sides. So that's it for it. You know, it's funny. I never thought, you know, the, the 14 year old me wants to fight the forties me like liking what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has to say. He was a California Bill label, labeled him a spineless ninny back in the day. And, but Kareem's actually an elder statesman and re, obviously really smart and, and really nailed it there. Mike, your final thoughts. Um, I, I don't have uh, really, I, I think I've said all, I've, all the thoughts on my brain regarding the Patriots. I will, I have two vouchers. Um, oh, oh one no vouch for, November is now gone. Go ahead. One for uh, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli, the definitive book about the uh, recently came out about the uh, making of The Godfather. Very good. Uh, the second is, is, is an aggressive vouch, uh, American Rust on Showtime, 36% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. I have no idea why. 76% among the, the, the public, though. Jeff Daniels and uh, Maura Tierney uh, starring in a depressing uh, Western Pennsylvania setting um, and Dealer depressing, fans? depressing West, Western Pennsylvania setting, I guess it gets a, uh, uh, a Daniel Caffey. Um, is there any other kind for sure? <laughs> but um, a very good show a set in a mill town, a, a murder. I, I enjoy that. And I'm so I, I'm enjoying those two things at, at the moment. So I, I, I vouch for both of them. Well, I forgot and I'm remiss and I have to throw it back to you, Mike. This is from our old buddy, uh, Brian in Washington. Uh, he has a question he wants to ask, knowing you're a, a big movie guy, entertainment guy. Uh, spoiler alert, Brian was here this weekend, and we had a, a, a we watched The Departed. And he asks, he wants to know, what does Mike on Route 1 think? Is the father of Madeline's baby Colin Sullivan or Billy Costigan? Oh, it's Billy Costigan. Um, yeah, Sullivan was... Um... 
how can I put this delicately? Sullivan was very clearly to me. He played. Um, he played for 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 the other team. Yeah, he he's yeah. Sullivan was not having sex with Vera, who is a yes. Western Mortgage Free Western Mass's own Vera Farmiga, a strong <laughs> a strong yes, obviously. Um, who was great in, in the Many Saints, which is another conversation. But um, yeah, greatest, Sullivan, li- greatest Libya. Sex. Sullivan was not having sex with women, um, for sure. So that was what, definitely Costigan's um, girl. What the only sex re- scene I actually like is from The Departed. I, I, I don't care about sex scenes. I, that's what the rest of the internet's for. That's a, that's a good sex scene. With, when, with, she, uh, when she puts her yeah. leg over him, yeah, like, pretty and they're good. playing the Van Morrison comfortably numb cut. Right. Yes. Entitled uh, Town After Dark coming next. <laughs> uh, Scartelli, your final thought. I think the uh, whole uh, Farmiga family of uh, ladies is a uh, YYY, probably. Okay, that's a, a vouch. Correction. That's a vouch. A correction: it, the uh, Simpsons monorail salesman's slash conman was Lyle Landley, but oh. of course was uh, was voiced by uh, the late great Phil Hartman. Lyle Landley, of course, one of the uh, great scars. Exactly. It's a, it's a you know. Easy mistake to make, but I don't want anyone yelling at, at yelling into their earphones at, at this, going, "No, you got it wrong." Well, I, I, take, but, uh, I take numerous laps for that one. Oh, don't worry, Thank but you. don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry, worry about if it. they're listening to this podcast, Scarcelli. They're not yelling into their earphones. Their their ears are bleeding, and they're probably seeking medical care. John, oh, your yes, final. But, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, that was that was a correction. It wasn't a final thought. I'm. I'm uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm remiss. The floor is yours. Considering you forgot to uh, mention me last, at the closing of last uh, episode, not that I remember that. <laughs> but any which way, I'd just like to mention that uh, the start of Nikhil Harry week has been pushed back more times than the uh, opening <laughs> of Maverick Top Gun Part 2. Oh, okay. Well done. Well played. Uh Scartelli's final thought is brought to you by MGM Pictures. Uh, John, your final thought. Uh, real quick, I'll just say, look, I mean, Damon Arnett may have been released by the Raiders this week for threatening to kill somebody on TikTok or whatever. Um, but like his fellow OSU grad, Burt Breer, at least he never committed public indecency and indecent exposure and peed on somebody's house. Yeah. You know... This is why I love you. This is why I love you. You know, you know, you know how to, you know how to, you get to the heart of me. You know, <laughs> do you think the Duxbury police is on high alert? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, my final thought: uh, the Braves just won the World Series. Uh, baseball season is over, and, and it's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything begins again, and blossoms in the summer. It fills the afternoons and the evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come. It stops and leaves you to face the fall all alone. The World Series is over, and Greg Bedard has still not finished his investigation. Entitledtown at gmail.com. By the way, I apologize for going full dick shap on the sports reporters with my final thought last week. Uh, Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. Dan is at Patriots Deli. Patrick Scartelli, the purveyor of the sports drunk draw, is at Pat Scartell. John is at that John Irons. It is a no vouch November for John. Mike on Route One stepping up to fill the void on Entitletown. Entitletown at gmail.com. The Twitter account is at Entitletown. And you know the drill. Turn the fuck off of those goddamn radios. And before I finish, Entitletown is releasing a new show. Shaq is going to be having Entitled Weekend. It's going to be recorded on Fridays 
a weekend review of all things immediate and a preview of the game. So there's a, we're going full money ball. There's a market inefficiency where podcasts don't drop on weekends. So it's going to be weekends with Shaq entitled weekend. Um, details to come. It will be coming this weekend, but more details will be coming. Uh, follow us at entitled town. So turn on entitled town and turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.